Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This summer, Chicago opened its patio season with a win for restaurants. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. This week, city council members unanimously voted to make outdoor dining throughout Chicago permanent. Previously, restaurant owners had to reapply to set up seating on sidewalks, an option many chose at the height of the pandemic. We're going to dig into the details of the plan to find out about the best spots to sip and snack this summer. Here to share their favorites are Marnie Short, managing editor at The Takeout, and Nick Kindlesberger, food critic for the Chicago Tribune. Marnie, city officials started the outdoor dining program a few years ago during the pandemic. This is when restaurants faced limitations on indoor dining. What did you think of the program then? I was ecstatic. Um, Not only was I, like everybody else, feeling a little cooped up and ready to dine outdoors safely during the pandemic, (laughs) but also it seems like a great way for restaurants to stake their their position within a neighborhood. Uh, It makes them a big part of the community because it's more visible, it's more integrated into the city streets, and I just thought that there were very few downsides involved. Yeah. Nick, what did uh, restaurant owners say to you about how that plan helped them and helped their business? I mean, it was a huge lifeline during the pandemic when everything was going wrong for them. So this was just, it could not have come at a better time. It allowed them to provide food safely to people, um, and people really enjoyed it. And, you know, a lot of the streets were shut down, um, creating more pedestrian-friendly areas Mm -hmm. that um, worked out great for everyone, I think, unless you were trying to, uh, you know, drive somewhere. But (laughs) uh, that's a whole other thing. But, you know, I really enjoyed it. I love the different zones, both in the Loop and in the West Loop, but then the neighborhoods was even—it just felt like a— It was a great way to just kind of walk around and be able to try things. Yeah. And so let's fast forward to today, Marnie. The the city council has approved making this plan permanent with a few changes. So permits must be renewed annually and approved by the ward's alder person. Mayor Johnson initially wanted to keep them out of that process, though, right? That's right. Um, I think that now the changes involve giving aldermen a little bit more control over the process, Mm -hmm. um, a a true compromise solution, um, and just allowing there to always be that possibility on the horizon for restaurants. They don't have to choose to apply for it. The alders don't have to accept it, but it is always going to be an option on the table, whereas before that was not the case. Yeah, like he says, they know the conditions of their neighborhoods better than anyone. Right. The elder people. Right. And, And we all have different opinions about whether there should be these permanent outdoor spaces, but it's going to be an active conversation and an ongoing one, and that's the best you can hope for. Yeah. Chicago's Department of Transportation is accepting permit applications now. Now, they run through the end of October, but they don't automatically renew for next year. What do you think about that decision, Nick? Um, I'm. We're just going to have to see how this works out, um, especially with the alderman pr- uh, privilege that is something that are we going to see certain neighborhoods expand it? Are we going to see some neighborhoods completely get rid of it? I'm very concerned, actually, about this portion of it. Yeah, why? Um, just because, uh, you know, if the alderman's not, alder person is not on board, then they can sh- essentially shut down whatever they want. I know that was the compromise, and I'm glad it got through anyway. 
but I think we should take stock and see how it does this year before we we say much more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited to see. I'm excited that it's back on the table because it really is a positive thing for Chicago restaurants. Another change this time around, Nick, is that restaurants will be allowed to operate in the curb lane in front of their space, which city council members say will improve the right of way on the sidewalk. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, there's, <laughs> you know, a lot of people have issues with uh, the restaurants taking up too much of the, the sidewalk. So this should hopefully help out with some of those things. I mean, it does it does get crowded at times. It does get crowded. If you're trying um, to just get by. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of just dining right by the street with all the cars going by. So I don't know Same. how much people will get into this, but we'll have to see how it plays out. You know, it could be um, a great option for a restaurant that doesn't have a lot of outdoor space. Yeah. Because that's the thing is it changes so much by restaurant to restaurant of how much you have. You either have way too much or not enough at yeah. all. To me, if, if, if I'm a little too close to the to the curb, that's that's a little frightening for me <laughs> at times. I'm a little more distracted, you know, and, and should be focusing on the food. How do you feel about it, Marnie? I, what makes a good patio experience for you? Sure. I think some restaurants have been remarkably clever in how they structure those spaces, knowing that it can feel a little inhospitable to be right by the curb or sometimes fully in the street in a parking space. <laughs> right. Um, a lot of them have created welcoming spaces with vegetation, with wood structures, with little, you know, um, cabanas. And it's really just one more way for a restaurant to show what it is capable of and what it can add to a community. Yeah. What are the first things that you, you think catch your eye about a good patio spot, Nick? Um, oh, okay. Let's see. Um, when I'm thinking of a great patio, I, I tend to prefer back patios because we're sort of outside mm-hmm. the the normal area. But hidden. But hidden. I love it when you walk into a space and it feels like you're being you've just walked into a completely different world. It's like you walk through the door, it gets sort of dark because you're outside of the sun, and then mm-hmm. you go back, and then there's this whole area. Um, you know, it could usually lots of plants helps, but it could just be decoration. But, you know, when they – it's a great way to sort of just get outside of your normal reality to go to a great um, back patio. Yeah. You know, Marnie, Nick brings up a good point. How much does a covered or uncovered alfresco space – you think, impact the dining experience? On a personal level, I am a person who needs perpetual shade. (laughs) I burn quite easily. Uh, But, you know, an outdoor area, sometimes all you need is one umbrella to make all the difference. Uh, Some people like, you know, kind of baking under that sun. So uh, the best patio spaces give you hybrid options. They have both. They have shaded areas. They have, you know, areas bursting with vegetation and some... That might be as simple as a table on a parking lot. I think for me, the perfect, I always find that perfect spot around the table, you know, with my friends or family where like I'm halfway in the shade and halfway in the sun. So I get a little bit of both worlds. Um, Fulton Market, we know, is, you know, a bustling part of town and it's it's one with a lot of alfresco dining and the area's District Improvement Association wants to hire 24-hour private security to patrol the area. This is something we recently talked about uh, on the program. Now, this would cost $800,000 a year. I'm curious what y'all think about that move. You know, um, it's... If they think that they need to do it, I don't know how much help it will be or if it's just the the act of it being done and the people being out there is what they want to show. Mm. Um, But... You know, do you think security uh, walking around is going to change the vibe of things? 
out uh, there for folks dining? I, I think it will. Um, I don't think people love to see a lot of people walking around. <laughs> I don't know if it would make mid-meal. people mid-meal, like just <laughs> armed guards walking around. But uh, so, but if they if people feel uncomfortable, maybe this will help. But I don't. We'll have to see once again whether it it actually does help. Um, yeah. I haven't heard that many stories of issues in the West Loop, so I don't. It doesn't seem like a pressing issue, but if they want to pay for it, I guess, then they're more than welcome to. Yeah, it's a security company that's already uh, patrolling in Lincoln Park, Bucktown, and uh, soon the the medical district in Streeterville. So this area, Fulton Market, this would be the largest service area they'd be patrolling. Any thoughts on seeing that around Fulton Market, Marnie? I think the data is going to have to help tell this story. Um, you know, we can just point to the installation of these guards and say, we did something, but, you know, it's, um, it, it'll be interesting to tease out the tangible effects versus the perceived effects of having the increased presence. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we've got a caller who wants to join the conversation. Here is Anthony in Hinsdale. Hey, Anthony. Welcome to Reset. Hey, what's going on? How are you? Hey, we're doing well. Uh, hopefully we can hear you a bit better in, in a sec, but I hear you've got a, a favorite dining spot to share with us. Yeah, you know, there's... Oh, Anthony, I think we might have lost you. Call back. We'll try to get you on. Step step outside of wherever you're standing right now. Uh, so uh, on that note, Nick, we're talking about outdoor dining, so i got to ask you folks, what's the best meal of the day to eat outside? Is it breakfast, lunch, or dinner? I Well, as a, a pretty fair-skinned person, I'm not a huge fan of lunch because that's when it's the, the most severe um, right. I don't have a lot of hair left, so it, I don't, you know, I need the protection. And by not a lot, you mean none? None at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, so I love when it gets like the magic hour at night, a, a nice, beautiful evening mm. is usually the best. So dinner time. Dinner time. That's, yeah. that's, that's always great. And then um, I always associate breakfast outside with being on vacation. So when I can do that in the city, ah, that's a good I point. find that pretty, pretty wonderful. What do you think, Marnie? Totally agree on both those points. And um, provided I have my parasol with me, what I love the most <laughs> is to do a mid-afternoon drink and snack somewhere. Um, it It's like Nick said, there are certain meals of the day that just scream vacation. And if you can make them happen in Chicago, all the better. Brunch spots? Any favorites in the city, Marnie? Well, Cindy's is kind of undeniable uh, as a rooftop space with one of the more incredible views. Um, I would have to say that's definitely up near the top. Yeah. What about you, Nick? Um, Your go-to brunch spot in Chicago. My go-to brunch spot. Let's see. Well, Lula Cafe, I live in Logan Square, so Mm -hmm. Lula Cafe is always uh, a definite highlight if you can manage to squeeze your way in um, because of the long lines. But that has a beautiful outdoor patio, and that is ideal to have in the the early morning. I feel like there are so many spots that I have yet to try because... Every time I try, I can't get in. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Let's jump back to the phones. We got Dr. Gabriel in Kenwood. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Do you want to share a good brunch spot or dinner spot? Oh, absolutely. I am very excited to share and suggest Piccolo Sonio. Ah. Loop, Halstead, uh, uh, Milwaukee, and Grand Avenue intersection. And they have this garden in the back with all these mature trees. It is so 
oh, it's like a secret garden because you're in the middle of the city and then you're surrounded by all these trees and their food is wonderful. Yes, it's, it sure is. I agree, Dr. Gabriel. Thank you so much for calling and sharing that. And I think our friend Anthony is back. So let's give this another shot. Hey, Anthony, welcome back. Hey, what's going on? Hey, we can hear you. Yay. <laughs> all right. What's the spot that you wanted to tell us about? Well, I just, there's a there's a cool Japanese place over in the West Loop called Gaijin. It's it's right under the I think it's under the Morgan stop right on Lake. Um and it's it serves this Japanese dish called Okonomiyaki and they have a great little mm. patio. Really cool vibe. Nice. Thank you so much. Appreciate you calling back, Anthony. Nick, you were nodding during a lot of those recommendations, and I know that you have a whole list <laughs> broken down by neighborhood, which I mean, thank you, because I Literally printed it out, and that's going to be my forever cheat sheet now. It's got all your top alfresco spots. I, I would expect nothing less from you. <laughs> oh, thorough. Yeah, I'm very thorough. Um, yeah, What's no, your, what are your favorite spots on the south side? Um, on the south side, um, Nella Pizza y Pasta. So this is in Hyde Park. It's sort of the newer building, and they have a beautiful outdoor patio where you can get Neapolitan pizza. There's mm. lots of trees covering you. Um, you know, Pilsen Yards is has an enormous, that spot. amazing back patio. It's covered during the winter, so it, it's nice, but then it's just phenomenal during the, during the summer. Um, uh, Rue Diner, also in, in Hyde Park and, and Virtue, both have sort of nice uh, sidewalk patios. Mm-hmm. And then Reggie's on the Beach which is actually on the beach. There are, the, there are lots of little places along the shoreline that you can sort of, they're more like drinking places mm. that I would suggest to, less for the food. But it is, it, you can close your eyes and sort of imagine yourself a thousand miles away yeah. uh, during the summer especially. Now, I want to jump right to the phones. My first caller was going to be Chris, who unfortunately has dropped. But I do still want to read what Chris had to say, because I think it's worth discussing. Uh, He did mention that he lives near outdoor dining and finds that it actually interferes with his ability to use outdoor space. Your thoughts there, Marnie? I mean, it sounds like Chris is probably not alone. It certainly depends on what the establishment is that has the outdoor seating. You yeah. know, a, a rowdy bar might be very different from a family restaurant. I think there's always initial concern when outdoor patios are approved for certain neighborhoods or just, you know, any neighborhoods with lots of families because they worry about the noise levels and how late it might go. In the vast majority of cases, it seems that the concerns are abated once the restaurant moves in. I think restaurants know that they have to work with people. They have to work within the communities they serve, and most of them do a tremendous job of it. Yeah. What are your thoughts there, Nick? Yeah, I think it's not for it, everybody. It's not. It's definitely not for everybody. And yeah. I know I know many people who simply don't like to eat outside. Um, sometimes that includes me, um, and so I can see how this is not something you know you have to make. Uh, Compromises, I guess, is the word name of the game here. Yeah. Let's hear from Gokan in Logan Square. Hi, Gokan. Welcome to Reset. Hi, Sasha. How are you? I'm doing well. What hey, are your thoughts? Thank you. I, um, well, I wanted to name Harding Tavern on Milwaukee. It's a really cool place to hang out. Um, in terms of neighborhood activities, definitely uh, people in the immediate vicinity need to be uh, communicated with, so their their thoughts and feelings should be concern, uh, uh, 
taken into consideration. Also, uh, outdoors, outdoor eating is a fantastic um, experience for most people, but also we have to remember that the streets and sidewalks do belong to the people. So when we have, uh, like some restaurants will take so much space mm -hmm. on the sidewalk that you can barely walk through, right. uh, it, it, it turns into a bottleneck. So older men, older women should actually personally go into the places before they approve a permit yeah. and see the place uh, with their own eyes on a Friday night or or Saturday yeah. evening. Yeah, yeah, you bring up some, some good points there, Gokan. Thank you so much for, for sharing. Um, Nick, give us some recommendations outside of the city, will you? Like, what, what are some good spots that you love in, in, in the suburbs? So, yeah, the suburbs, they have a little bit more space. You can have a little bit bigger patio. Yeah. So one of the ones that I've been, um, I haven't been yet, but I've been obsessed with trying to get there is Lindy's Landing in Wakanda, which is not the Black Panther movie, but they pronounce it the same way. Okay. And then, but this is like a lake. So it's like a beach that you can sit at wow. while you're eating. So that, so that must have an amazing view yeah. so on you top get of some good food. And the beach. Oh. This is nice. Yeah. Um, Maison Sabica in Naperville is a Spanish restaurant. It looks like this old, like, colonial house um, with these big gardens, and it has just a gorgeous back patio um they it is often rented for events as it should be but hopefully you can sneak in there that's um that's one that's been open for a while i, I love believe, that in, in naperville any hidden gems marnie that you, you you're feeling generous enough to <laughs> to share with us yes maybe um, something with a big patio something with a scenic view well you know something that i have come back to again and again is one of the more clever outdoor dining situations i have encountered which is at beer shop in oak park it is a beer shop. Mm. It has, you know, um, tables at which you can like sip a beer and but you can just pick up to go. But during the pandemic, they fully built what they call their chalet. And I think it sits on maybe two parking spaces um, in the parking lot. But it is like a small house structure with uh, no windows. So there's a nice cross breeze, but there's always shade. It feels like a full extension of the shop itself. And I just think it's so clever every time I go. Oh, wow. Love that. Let's hear now from another caller. Here's Abina in North Kenwood. Hello, Sasha. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thank you. I just wanted to um, share one of my favorite spots on the south side. It's yes. in Hyde Park. It is Asion Bistro. It's Ooh. an Italian, Italian restaurant, and it's located um, in the courtyard. So they've got a covered patio that's actually open um, more months outside of the summer months because they're able to heat it. And it's just a beautiful place for brunch, unlimited mimosas, great breakfast burgers, but also really awesome Yum. Italian cuisine. Oh, right I love that. Park. Thank you so much for that. I'm, I'm writing it down, Abina. Appreciate your call. Uh, let's hear now from Joshua in North Park. Hey, Joshua. Hey, how's it going? Going well. Thanks for giving us a call. What, what restaurant are you shouting out? I'd like to shout out Trey Croner right there in the North Park neighborhood. Trey Croner. What do you love about it? It's uh, it's lovely. It's got a beautiful back patio garden area that has like a Swedish stuga built into it. So it's a fun place to bring the whole family. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joshua. Appreciate your recommendation. Uh, let's squeeze in another caller. Here is Alan in Midway. Hey, 
everybody. Hey, what's your recommendation? Uh, mine is El Solazo, Soledo. It's like on 60, uh, 50th and Pulaski, South Pulaski. El Solazo? Yes. Awesome. Putting it on yeah. the list. Thanks, Alan. Appreciate your call. We can't forget food trucks, Nick and Marnie. So, you know, festivals across the city, they often include food trucks and other outdoor dining. We know the Chicago Food Truck Festival is also coming up next month. Quick, what's your favorite food truck? I have uh, straightforward tastes, and I love a good empanada, <laughs> and 5411 has a great truck. Yeah. What about you, Nick? Um, so the food truck scene in Chicago is a bit hobbled. Um, I wish that it were slightly better, but... I do know that they are able to operate very effectively in Humboldt Park. And so if you go around, there's a new hot dog truck that just opened in hot, in um, Humboldt Park. That's really good. Yeah. Um, but there's some great Puerto Rican trucks as well. For some reason, they're able to operate in a more, in an easier way and cook the food actually on the truck. There's a lot of regulations that the city has that makes running food trucks really hard in the city. Yeah. But so I'm glad in Humboldt Park that they're able to do that. A and I saw better. you nodding there for some of the recommendations from callers. El Salazo, Trey Croner. Yeah, Salazo is, is you amazing. Agree? Amazing back patio um, in the West Elson neighborhood, I believe. Yeah. Any recommendations before I let you go along the Chicago River? Oh, okay. I love Beatnik. I went there for the first time about a month ago, and I was like, where have you been all my life? <laughs> right there, of course. That's just a total escape. <laughs> you walk, and you're just like, I don't know where this it is now. It's so beautiful. It's so amazing. Yes. You know, it, it's hard to go wrong along the river walk. So Pizzeria Portofino is very famous, RPM Seafood, Gibson's Italia, Chicago Cut Steakhouse. If you want to just throw down some money, these are great places to do it at. Yeah. We'll leave it there. You're listening to Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking about the expanded outdoor dining plan that City Council just unanimously approved. And we have been talking with Chicago Tribune food critic Nick Kindlesberger and the takeout managing editor Marnie Shore. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. I want to add another voice to the conversation. Danny Dingle is the owner of the beer shop in Oak Park, which you heard mentioned earlier. It offers outdoor options for customers. Welcome, Danny. Hi, everybody. So how do you feel about the expanded outdoor dining plan? Oh, we are so jealous. <laughs> um, our chalet is set to um, uh, be removed at the end of October. So we are soaking up every last minute we have this season. Oh, man. Tell us about the beer <laughs> shop for, for those who aren't familiar, Danny. Sure. Uh, so we just came uh, across our eight-year anniversary. Uh, my husband, Jack, and I um, have been running uh, the place for about that long. We went from manager to owner um, in the past couple of years. Wow, and we congrats. are dog. Thank you. Um, we are dog friendly. We are more of a, I would say, uh, community living room than a, a bar. Um, we are, uh, we serve craft beer. Uh, we serve uh, local breweries first. And we have boutique wines and dark matter coffee. Nice. And we get a lot of families, which is why the outdoor seating has made people just feel so much more comfortable yeah. enjoying our space. So uh, the outdoor options for your customers, what, what does that look like? So we have the chalet. It seats about uh, 20 people. Um, and it's it's a semi-enclosed space. And it's just seated right outside of the shop. We are taking up three parking spots, so not the sidewalk. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and the community has been uh, very supportive. Yeah. And and things during the pandemic, how was that for you? 
So we we initially just had uh, kind of some outdoor chairs and tables and tents like everybody else, and then they blew over, and we decided, let's see if we can get a structure. Yeah. And um, that really made the community feel comfortable. Um, quite a few of our regulars are immunosuppressed and um, or have dogs or, you know, maybe have wheelchairs. And for so many reasons, outdoor seating, I think, has served our community well. That's great. Tell us this. What's the best beer to have outdoors? Oh, uh, this season, um, it's not it's not for everyone. But right now we have a it's called a Cabo Cooler. And it is uh, based on the Baja Blast you'll find at uh, your nice. local Taco Bell. <laughs> and it's nice. bright blue and super refreshing, and everyone, everyone loves it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, you definitely have some fans here at WBEZ of that drink for sure. <laughs> uh, before I let you go, Danny, remind folks where they can come visit you. Yeah, so we are in the heart of downtown Oak Park, right off the Harlem Green Line, and the address is 1026 North Boulevard. Awesome. Danny Dingle, owner of The Beer Shop. Thank you so much for checking in with us. This episode of Reset was produced by Brenda Ruiz and Michael Liptrot, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather and Stephanie Kim. Now, for more food and drink inspiration, be sure to subscribe to The Reset Podcast, where you can hear more interviews from chefs and food critics from across the city. That'll do it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you this afternoon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.